Hey everyone, before we get started with this episode all about Doctor Strange, I just want to give a spoiler warning for all of the comic reading recommendations that we're going to be talking about, as well as potential spoilers for Multiverse of Madness. We have not seen the film, but we are going to be speculating about who might be in there. We're going to be talking what we've seen in the trailer so far, so you have been warned. By the hoary hosts of Hogoth, by the crimson bands of Sidorak, by the vapors of the Vishanti. Who comes up with this stuff? Stanley. What he really needs is some new modern references, you know? Bring bring those spells into the 21st century. Like what? Uh, by the tempting trials of TikTok. Oh, let me try. By the crunchy coins of cryptocurrency. By the gregarious gorgeousness of Gaga. Good one. By the plundering pixels of PlayStation? By the delicious dealings of DoorDash. So, lots of alliteration. Pretty much. Welcome to Comic Book Keepers, where we talk about comic book characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Chris. And I'm Lance. And welcome back, our special guest, Jeremy, from the Geekly Grind. Woo, Jeremy! Hi, everyone. Hello. And today we're talking about Doctor Strange. Ooh. This is a good timing with the anticipation of the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness movie coming out in theaters, which we'll be seeing together. I'm very excited. Very excited for that. Before we get into it, though, I just want to point out that we all have a connection to Doctor Strange. Jeremy is currently working on collecting every Doctor Strange issue ever made. Chris looks like Doctor Strange down to the facial hair. <laughs> and it's true. I would, and I would have been the hand therapist Stephen berated during his therapy process after the injury and subsequent surgeries to his hand. But I would like to point out that I have a master's degree, not a bachelor's. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch delivered that line so perfectly, by the way. He did. So it was a Anyways. great line. But I want to point out that that hand therapist would have been fired immediately after giving out confidential patient information. He, he completely broke HIPAA, which would just get him canned immediately. You can't give out other people's information. Yeah, like this really annoying patient, like you just want to prove him wrong. So you grab someone's very personal medical files like here, take a look. I, I, I don't think that would fly. Hand therapy talk. Yeah. And also after his type of surgery, you definitely wouldn't be using what he's using to like pull his fingers apart that soon after surgery. There's no way. Oh, OK. I'll, I'll leave it to the expert. I, I trust you on this one, Lance. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, if that's the most unbelievable thing about the Doctor Strange movie, I think we're doing okay. <laughs> All right. True. Hey, let's get into the hit comics history of the Sorcerer Supreme. Doctor Strange is the Marvel comic Sorcerer Supreme and master of the mystic arts. Once a brief but arrogant neurosurgeon, Doctor Strange was in a car accident that crippled his hands. When modern medicine failed him, he journeyed to Kamertage in Tibet, where he was trained by the Ancient One in the ways of magic. He eventually settles in the Sanctum Santorum in New York City, protecting the Earth from mystical threats. He has gone on to not only be one of Earth's important defenders, eh? but, also, <laughs> but also one of its prominent mystic consultants. Yes, and we're going to delve into his origin a little bit. I thought I pretty much knew you know, his origin, which is interesting because it's not really like a childhood origin, but by reading more about it, I was like, wow, this guy has a kind of a tough, tough life, even though it was, it's not really a tough life, but he's got a lot of like psychological stuff going on. Anyway, uh, so according to the comics, original comics origin, Stephen Vincent Strange which was born to parents Eugene and Beverly Strange in November of 1930 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which means technically he was born during the Great Depression. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, I don't know if that holds true with modern tellings or whatever, but like that's the original version. Uh, so he uh, 
he helped take care of his sister, Donna, who was injured at one point, starting an interest in medicine when he was like 11. And he attended college and completed his residency at New York Presbyterian Hospital, becoming more egotistical with his success. Well, despite this success, we have to talk about some tragic events from his past. So when he was visiting home for his 19th birthday, his sister Donna experienced a cramp while they were swimming together, and Stephen couldn't save her, and she died. So that's terrible. Um, so, And then when his mother died near the end of his residency, he secretly grieved for her, and his work became more and more impersonal. It was all about the money for him. Two years later, after his mother died, his father became ill, but he refused to face any more tragedy and would not go towards his deathbed. So he... Um, his younger brother, Victor, confronted him about this a few days later, uh, about his lack of grief. And then because he was so upset from their argument, he rushed out from the apartment and was hit by a car and was instantly killed. And a guilt-wracked Stephen placed Victor's body in cold storage, hoping future breakthroughs could revive him. So, And this is before he even became yeah, Doctor that's, Strange. That's a, that's a Joker origin story right there. Like, this guy's wild. a hero? How did that happen? <laughs> so... And, and and I think his brother does come back at some point, like, uh, but it, it's it's uh, that's a that's a story for another day. Um, so Stephen gets in a car accident, um, which there's not really anything else to say about that. And then his he does have another doctor named Nicodemus West, who's a pretty gifted neurosurgeon in his own right. But uh, strange, you know, he shatters the nerves of his hands. He, I mean, Nicodemus West brings him from the brink of death back to life but uh, his hands are damaged to the point where he cannot continue as a surgeon uh, he's offered consultant roles and professor roles but he's like no he he wants to become a surgeon again he spends all of his fortune training all kinds of procedures but they all fail so mounting debts and bar tabs drive him to reclusiveness as he keeps hearing rumors of the mystical ancient one someone that can heal all kinds of injuries so he makes his way to Tibet. He sells everything he has, the last things he has, he has. And um, finding the ancient one who refuses to cure him, but rather offers to teach him in the mystic arts. Now, the ancient one actually knows that Doctor Strange is destined to become his successor because, you know, time powers and clairvoyance and whatnot. But he doesn't say this. But Strange refuses. He says, oh, this is all hooey and and he can't leave due to do it to a blizzard. So he says, well, why don't you stay the night? So while he, he's there, uh, Strange witnesses the apprentice, Baron Mordo, try to attack the Ancient One with summoned skeletons. And by the way, Baron Mordo in the comics just looks straight up villain. Like he's got this yeah. crazy widow's peak. Immediately. And like crazy <laughs> eyes. And he's just like, oh, you're here. And he just like hates him. And then later on, I think in a, in a future story, it's revealed that because the ancient one knows that strange is eventually going to be his successor. I guess Mordo finds out and he actually goes to an adolescent Dr. Strange um, and plants nightmares in his like demon nightmares in his, uh, in his dreams to try to like make it hard for him to like succeed and give him like terrible. Whatever. It's just like, Oh my God. So Mordo has affected him. You know, I, I mean, that's one of those like, oh, that's that's a crazy way to tie it in. But like, you know, I guess it makes it more more epic of a showdown between the two of them. Anyway, so Baron Motor Mordo tries to attack the ancient one with summoned skeletons and Mordo shackles strange with a silent spell. The ancient one dispatches Mordo, who gets banished and then strange accepts the offer to be trained, having just witnessed all this cool stuff that he, that uh, of all this magic. He's like, yeah, teach me. And he studies under the Ancient One for about seven years, uh, where he travels the world, meeting other sorcerers and passing a test against death itself that actually makes him ageless. Aha! There's the night. It doesn't matter if he's born in 1930 because he can't age. And that's why he always looks so good. He's, he must be 45 like me. He's got that cool gray, you know, like, he's yeah. Just, constantly 45 <laughs> the silver um, so fox he, look yeah the silver fox look with the cool little you yeah. know pirate stash uh so he moves back to new york to greenwich village establishing himself in the sanctum sanctorum and he's attended by wong who is the latest in a centuries-old bloodline of attendees to the ancient one becoming his valet and his personal friend he becomes a mystic consultant to both citizens and eventually an increasing number of superheroes in New York, including the Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, and the Avengers. And uh, that's the origin story. 
Uh, now that we know kind of where Doctor Strange came from, uh, let's learn a little bit more about the character himself. So he goes by a number of, of names and aliases. So, of course, uh, some people just call him Strange. Uh, I've also been called Strange from time to time. Uh, Sorcerer <laughs> Supreme, uh, Master of the Mystic Arts, Cape Man, uh, Dr. Sparkles, uh, Dr. Vague, Dr. What's-His-Name, Dumb Magician, Wizard, Iron Mage, Master of Black Magic, Steve Arino, and <laughs> Dumb Magician, uh, among many others. Yeah, let's throw in Dr. Strange Fate in there. Let's get that amalgam. Oh, yeah, years. sure. The amalgam version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dr. Right, Strange right. Fate. And uh, yeah, who knows what other aliases uh, Baron Mordo has uh, for him. Um, probably not fit for this podcast. The stupid head. <laughs> stupid head. Dr. Sparkles is a personal favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Dr. Sparkles. Uh, So some of his affiliations include the Avengers, uh, Strange Academy, uh, Savage Avengers, of which he's a leader. Yeah, Strange Academy is great. And formerly, uh, he was of the Defenders, Ah, going back to the earlier tie-in, Infinity Watch, Illuminati, Avengers of the Supernatural, New Avengers, Midnight Suns, The Order, Secret defenders, in case the regular see the regular defenders were too overt, so they had to make some secret ones. Yeah, so don't t- don't tell anybody. I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, that's a secret. Uh, Marvel's medics. I'm really bad at keeping secrets. Uh, Marvel's medics, the mighty, and the black priests. Supporting characters for Doctor Strange include, of course, his trusty companion Wong, uh, who, if you have been following the MCU, actually is currently the Sorcerer Supreme, uh, yep. thanks to a, a little technical difficulty with the blip and everything. Um, so that's fun. Uh, the ancient one, of course, uh, Clea, Christine Palmer, Nicodemus West, Namor, the Hulk and my boy, silver surfer. So <laughs> now I did, I want to, I want to say, I want to in, in, inject two things. One Clea is actually, uh, his wife. Yes. Uh, like they, he does they get married. married. They, they do get married. Yes. yes. And, and, and she's the, the daughter or the niece of Dormammu. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a whole thing. Uh, it's interesting. So technically, Dr. Strange becomes Dormammu's uh, nephew-in-law. <laughs> it's going to be super awkward during family get-togethers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, family family reunions. are just going to be like, what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's and and right now, if you're following the current Strange comics, um, Clea has actually taken up the mantle of Sorcerer Supreme. It is a wonderful run so far. It's been a lot of fun. But anyways, I digress. Um, So those are supporting characters. Antagonists include, of course, uh, his arch rival Baron Mordo, uh, Dormammu. uh, Uncle in law. Uncle, Uncle in law, Uncle Dormammu. Uh, that's all I'm going to call him from now on is Uncle Dormammu. Uh, Uncle, Nightmare. Uncle Dorma. <laughs> or Uncle Dorma. I've come to bargain. Um, Shuma Goroth, Dr. Doom, Agamon, House of Shadows, Zota, the Bottle Imp, the Possessors, Asmodeus, Mr. Misery, Mephisto, Satanish, Cassilius, Kas- uh, the Enchantress, Necromancer, Paradox, Loki, Umar, who is Dormammu, or Uncle Dorma's twin sister, uh, Kalu, and many others. Uh, he does not have a lot of friends. I like how we have to include the many others, even though we just listed like 30. 30, yeah. I mean, I so, there were so many. There were so many on the list. And I was just like, I'm going to pick the ones with the really crazy names that we haven't really talked about that much. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot. And, uh, you know, it, Probably the the folks, you know, if, if you're familiar with the movies, you know, Mordo stands out, right? Dormammu stands out. Um, and so uh, Loki, right? But we have, they haven't really clashed that much in the, in the movies. But and who knows in this new one? Who knows? Oh, all bets are off. I'm so excited. Okay. Uh, now, Doctor Strange, powers and abilities. Uh, he is known for both his mystic abilities and magical artifacts, often speaking out incantations to enact the spells. He has drawn power from entities like Agamotto, Sidorak, Ikon, Oster, uh, Ragador, and Watum, who lend him their energies for spells. Um, also, in some of the later runs, we learn, like, it's a common theme that all magic comes with a price. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like he asks Agamotto for some help and it's just like the spell happens. It's like, yeah. 
to cast this spell, it costs something. Yeah. It costs yeah. Strange a bit of his life. It costs, you know, there's a there's a stillborn child somewhere. Like it's yeah, dark. There's a rising debt. There's a rising yeah. debt of his sanity and his like physical abilities to like I love the bit in I'm sure we'll talk about Jason Aaron Jason Aaron's run where he's like he can only eat this like crazy food of like tentacles and yeah. monsters and stuff. He's like he like if he tries to eat like a ham sandwich, he's just gonna like you know not be able to digest. It turns it turns to ash in his mouth. Yeah, yeah, it's like, that's crazy. Yeah, but I, it's, I love it's, it. It's the things he has to give up. It's crazy. Um, but anyway, so there's that. Uh, artifacts, of course, help him out as well. The Cloak of Levitation, the Eye of Agamotto, the Book of Vishanti, and the Orb of Agamotto. Um, and that man, the Eye of Agamotto is a big, big deal. Like, I've been rereading the original issues, and man, that thing is like, it's like the uh, deus ex machina. That thing gets him out of so much trouble. Um, spells and abilities include... Uh, astral projection, uh, energy blast, mystic bolts, the ability to banish things, transmutation, telepathy, conjuring of items, uh, telekinesis, protective shields, hypnotism, illusions, intangibility, uh, time manipulation, elemental manipulation, teleportation, dimensional travel, magically conjured swords and axes. And if that wasn't enough, he's already a has he has a genius level intellect. He's a skilled martial artist, which you wouldn't really think, like you don't really see a lot of that, but he's a skilled martial artist and all obviously a very gifted physician as well. That's why they call him doctor. So That's a lot of stuff. It is. There's a lot. I mean, that's why he's one of my favorites because he's so awesome. Anyway. Yeah. Well, now that we know a little bit more about Stephen Strange, let's go into the archives. Dr. Stephen Strange was created by the legendary duo of Steve Ditko and Stan Lee. We discussed both of these creators before in our second ever episode covering Spider-Man, so for a more in-depth look at their history, be sure to check out that issue. But here's a few interesting details about the creators and how Dr. Strange came to be. Our character in question was originally developed by Steve Ditko, who brought Stan Lee a five-page penciled and panel-scripted story for a new type of Marvel character. Because he would appear in Strange Tales, he was originally going to be called Mr. Strange, but decided to opt for Dr. Strange instead, as they didn't want any confusion with Mr. Fantastic. Dr. Strange would debut in Strange Tales 110 in July of 1963. Lee felt the story wasn't the greatest at the time because they actually had to rush it to get it into the book. Yeah, and, and if I could inject something really quick here. So I've been... Um... You know, I've been collecting the issues individually, but I also collect them in omnibus format a lot just so that that's how I read them. Right. I collect the individual issues and I read from the omnibuses. And actually, at the end of the uh, volume one of the Doctor Strange omnibuses, uh, there's a letter in here from uh, from Stan Lee uh, from the Origins of Marvel Comics, where he kind of lays this out a bit more clearly. Um, so he said, uh, and I quote. Uh, Doctor Strange first appeared as a mystical Marvel hero in issue 110 of Strange Tales, dated July 1963, but it wasn't until issue 115, dated December 1963, that we presented his origin. In other words, it wasn't until five months after his debut that we suddenly remembered we better tell the readers who he was and how he got that way. Uh, and then they said, naturally, that cockeyed chronology poses a somewhat perplexing problem for us now. So it's just interesting kind of like reflecting on that and, and thinking like, oh, man, we, that was one of the times, few times where we had to kind of walk things back and, and introduce the character in a bit more detail after he'd already been through a, a proper adventure. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it, it's strange. It's like you can't just pop a character into a universe without telling the readers who they are. <laughs> Lessons learned. <laughs> Strangely enough, get it. Yeah. Steven was not the first Doctor Strange in the Marvel Universe. The villainous Doctor Carlo Strange made his comic debut just a few months prior in Tales of Suspense 41, created by Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, and Robert Bernstein. This character actually appear has only appeared in 18 comic issues, according to Comic Vine. They basically just hoped readers wouldn't get confused with a new Doctor Strange that showed up. And they're like, well, I guess this guy's name is Carlo and this one's Steven. So 
whatever. That will help tell them apart. <laughs> yeah. Jumping a few years into Ditko and Lee's Doctor Strange run, the associate editor at the time, Roy Thomas, in 1971, recalls college readers thinking the creative team was on drugs because of their similar experiences with hallucinations when experimenting with psychedelics. <laughs> I mean, it, it was the 70s, right? Like, everybody was experimenting with psychedelics. Cool stuff, man. It's trippy stuff. You read this Doctor Strange comic, man? The same guys who did the elephant scene from Dumbo, I'm pretty sure. Oh, uh, <laughs> man, this, this stuff is crazy, man. <laughs> well, now that we know a little bit more about the creators, how about we jump straight into our pull list and reading suggestions? And Jeremy, as our resident Doctor Strange, uh, not know-it-all, <laughs> our, our resident <laughs> uh, history buff, or comic collector of Doctor Strange, how about you hit us with your reading suggestion? Um, yeah, gosh, there's there's been a lot of really, really great Doctor Strange runs in the modern era. Um, and I think I'll probably have some overlap with, with, um, with you guys. Uh, but uh, Jason Aaron's run uh, of Doctor Strange... Um, was probably uh, which is um the last days of magic uh is, is probably one of the best uh doctor strange runs that i've read just in general <laughs> um i really enjoyed donny kate's run as well uh but it, jason aaron tells a, a fantastic story of you know this this uh, uh sort of anti-magic uh race from another uh another universe um that is on a rampage, uh, killing Sorcerer Supreme in a sort of Inquisition-style uh, invasion. And there are a lot of things that are revealed, uh, expanded upon, um, just some really brilliant development for both, you know, Stephen Strange uh, and Doctor Strange, uh, you know, the, the, the man and the mystic uh, in this run uh, that I just it's it's really uh, hard to top um and i uh i think chris you were texting about this a little bit earlier or, or somebody mentioned it like bacalo's art on it isn't ridiculous um <laughs> so it's just really really good um yeah that's probably my my vote and there was recently a new omnibus released of the Aaron run so if you missed that you can actually have the whole uh, arc uh, the whole collected story in a nice hardcover collection um, so that would be my uh, kind of initial pull from the more modern era um, I also would say just in general Sorcerer Supreme is a lot of fun like the whole thing <laughs> you know it's it's a lot of it's a lot of issues there's you know three omnibuses worth but uh, Doctor Strange Sorcerer Supreme has a lot of really great stories and it's just kind of full of that uh you know action-packed pulp comic fun that, that i think is that the original stuff yeah it, no it's not it's not the uh original run it's uh volumes uh volume two and uh, yeah volume two basically um yeah. which went for 90 yeah 90 wow. issues that ran from uh 88 through uh late uh mid 90s so you know kind of during that you know 90s era so sorcerer supreme was a lot of fun nice i'll i'll jump in here just because my my reading suggestion is uh the 2015 jason aaron and is it chris bacalo or bacalo i say bacalo. i i I'd said bacalo i'm not sure okay. if if he's listening and it's not that way i we all apologize profusely because <laughs> <laughs> i always read it as bacalo but i could definitely be wrong uh so Mr. Bacalo or Bacalo, we, we apologize, but your art's amazing, so please forgive us. Uh, th this run is awesome. Aaron's writing is incredible, and what you already said, Bacalo's art fits perfectly in this world with how strange and kooky it can be. The, the magic and the way it works is really interesting. They dive into how magic really affects a sorcerer, which I think is really interesting just because you think this person that's performing magic and everything's going to be great, but there really is a cost. And that's what the series dives into. It introduces these creatures that basically are just feasting on magic and making it disappear. And what, how that affects the entire multiverse really with magic users, which is 
absolutely incredible to read. So I would strongly suggest the 2015 Doctor Strange run uh, by Aaron and Bacalo. And then I'll just briefly mention, we, we covered it in our Doctor Doom episode, but I str- also strongly recommend reading Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom Triumph and Torment. It is mm-hmm. such a fun run and so much action, really interesting things going on with all the sorcerers battling to become Sorcerer Supreme. Definitely read that story as well. And Mike Mignola. Hot off the no. press. It is Chris Bacello. Perfect. Nice. There we go. We got it right eventually. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> that, that Triumph and Torment is the Mike Mignola, right? Yeah, it's Mignola. And Roger Stern. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay. I, um, I, I have, I had trouble picking one. I know we're just supposed to pick one, but um, I will pick one for the sake of the podcast uh, and say, if you are new into Dr. Strange, like, like I know about the character, but I hadn't really ever delved into the comics and he's a character with such a rich past um, that I wanted to do, you know, I wanted to have like a respect for the classic stuff, but also like I wanted to be like, well, what's a good like primer for good stuff? So I, I read a lot of the like essentials, Doctor Strange things. The one that I went with was um, there's there's a run called Doctor Strange, Strange Origin, which was done in 2016. And it was written by Greg Pak and art by Emma Rios. Uh, and it's it's. Marvel did this little series of origin stories, which are sort of like modernized a bit and with, with different interpretations to make them less um, uh, dated in their references. Cause you know, let's be honest, like the, the original Dr. Strange um, is a little, a little uncomfortable kind of like we've talked about this in like when we talked about black widow and some of the earlier characters, like, like cheetah and stuff like that, where they're like, the women are portrayed a certain way. Uh, Wong is very much like a manservant. You know, it's it's like it's kind of like, ugh, you know, it's weird. So so in this interpretation, in this uh, Strange Origins, um, Strange, you know, it, it's the origin story. He goes to Camertage and, you know, they, they witness Mordo and Mordo's like super creepy. But then Wong is actually like this long haired um uh, martial arts student that's like another high-ranking kind of uh, uh, apprentice for the ancient one and they have to team up and it's like this buddy cop story <laughs> where they're gallivanting around and trying to solve things and find solutions to their problem and like you know stop mordo and everything and i kind of it took me a while to get into it i was like what is this and the, but the art's really interesting like um emma rios does a really good job it's almost like this it's almost like a uh, like a romance comic, you know, like like those old romance comics. Um, but but it's done in a very flowy style. So, again, just like I mean, Pachalo has one style and then like the, the classic stuff has another style. But but I really loved uh, I, I kind of like it grows on you and I'm like, oh, I really dig this. So if you're new to Doctor Strange, I think that's a fun way to kind of get into it because um, it goes over, it introduces a lot of the key characters um, the ancient one and Wong and, and he was, Wong's great in this. He's, he's a total, you know, badass. Um, so that one, that one's really cool. Uh, although I must say I, I had a lot of fun and I really appreciate looking at just some of the earlier, like 1960s, early Dr. Strange written by Lee Roy Thomas and with art by Gene Colan, Dan Adkins, Tom Palmer, all the classic artists where it's very like, very pulpish, you know, like the, the colors are a little offset. The angles are all crazy and weird. And and those are definitely influences for like all of these other artists that we saw later in, in the 2000s and your Pachalo and everything like that. Like they, they took influences from all of these uh, crazy mystical psychedelic kind of yeah. things. Um, yeah. I mean, it's amazing to look at because it, it looks like it looks like those pulp serial things like um like Flash Gordon and Tarzan and and all of those like great serial pulp comics from like the the 30s and whatnot. It's 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 very much that, but like mystical, you know, science fictiony kind of stuff. That I think this was like this this character is going to be crazy. Yeah, and uh, it's it's really fun re- reading some of those early things. It's 
it's a little dated, but um, you know, cause it was done in the sixties, but at the same time, it's, it's really cool. And Dormammu, he's got this big flame head and it's just, it's, it's, yeah, it's great. He looks like an, he looks like he's in like an old diver's suit. Like <laughs> early Dormammu looks so yep. weird. Like he's got like this big fish tank on his head and, but his head's um, on fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This contained yeah. in the glass or something. It's so it, weird. It, it's like, uh, it's like if Johnny Storm was in a, it was in a, uh, it was still in his astronaut suit, but he just never took it off and just. Got yeah, it. Ah. Just flame, flame on in the, in the astronaut suit. That's what it looks like. When it I just, saw that, it just melted yeah. to it. He just couldn't never get yeah. the suit off, so he just melted. I in can't there. take this off. Yeah, and it's funny because, like, okay, so I I started collecting comics only a couple years ago, right? Like during during the pandemic and everything. I'm sorry, and so my I know my it's your fault, um, but my initial introduction to Dormammu was in the movie, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but. Quite obviously, the Dormammu adaptation and view in the movie is worlds apart from the Dormammu we're introduced to in the comics, um, mm-hmm. which is honestly really hilarious. Because when I saw that, I'm like, that's not Dormammu. That's not the devourer, <laughs> devourer of like it's, universes. It's like, an, like, it's like an avatar of Dormammu. It's like his it's like his human form or something. I guess. <laughs> but then and then he's fighting against these like. Uh, oh shoot and the name's totally escaping me but like something that they haven't really discussed or didn't really bring in was like Dormammu holds back this like race of like incredibly powerful beings from another universe and like that expends all of his energy and they look like big like like stone golem type things um, mm-hmm. and so like but yeah I mean it, he just looked like a humanoid type creature instead of this big you know kind of force of nature so I thought that was really funny I, I love early Dormammu's look. It's so much fun. Yeah. So, I mean, part, part of me is like, if, if you're a comics fan and you're a Marvel fan, you haven't gotten Doctor Strange stuff, go back and read some of those early things, like grab one of the omnibuses or whatever from those early runs, because it's just, it's it's super fun. Um, you're not going to be disappointed. But if you know nothing about Doctor Strange and you're like, Oh, it seems interesting. Uh, I like Benedict Cumberbatch, but uh, I, I just want to learn more about it. Like maybe one of these other things. Like I, I agree, the Jason Aaron run is very approachable, and especially that first one, The Way of the Weird, is a nice uh, paperback that you can get um, if you just want to get something small. Um, that was that's a lot of fun. I love the little bits with like black and white. You know, like how it's like everything's black and white, but then everything in color is like what he's seeing in the mystical world. Like it's all around us, but. It's it, there's some cool stuff that that he does. I will yeah. say that Bachalo, um, like some of his monsters are a little too Tim Burtony for me because like all of the tentacles have stripes on them, like sandworms. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. Like, it's like what? <laughs> but but uh, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, um, it's the mindless ones. Sorry, I had to I had to look that up. Uh, so they're called the, the mindless, mindless yes. ones. The mindless. Yeah, ones, yeah, and that's like this this whole like race of crazy powerful creatures that Dormammu is always keeping from coming and causing a mess so so essential reading um now i i don't have any grail finds other than like some cool dr strange toys and the fact that i'm dressing up like dr strange for halloween this year but um but y'all have some uh some grail finds i think yeah um i'll i'll go ahead and go first i uh the one uh i wanted to call out was um i have a statue Actually, so it's not a, not a book. I, I have books, too, and I'll, I'll mention one of them in a minute. But um, it's a Play Arts Kai uh, statue of Doctor Strange. Uh, and it, it was designed... Um, ah, Hitoshi Kondo. There you go. Okay. Uh, basically, it, like was designed by like a final fantasy um character designer yeah. so they did a few of these so there like there was a spider-man one that my sister got um and i picked up yeah so there's multiple points of, points of articulation you can swap out his hands to have like mystical shields and like green like magical fire the cape is dope man the cape is so cool like you could take the cape off or put it on it'd be backwards or forwards um amazing so so cool and it's on my little i have a little shrine uh, to dr strange um on my shelf um and yeah so that's something i got recently that i really enjoyed um in terms of my grill finds like lance mentioned i am currently on the hunt on the mission of collecting every single issue of dr strange um 
and I am really far along. <laughs> um, Every single day, I swear I get a message from you just showing me more books that came in. I have every single issue from all the main volumes. So that's already Jeez. done. Volumes one through five. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously I'm collecting Strange and, you know, Death of Doctor Strange, everything else. Uh, and I'm working on Strange Tales now. Um, and, you know, that one's a little trickier because Doctor Strange kind of, you know, you know, bamfed in and out of, of Strange Tales along with, you know, Nick Fury, etc. So I'm working on picking up some of those issues. I just got 158 in today, which is first appearance of Living Tribunal as well, oh, which is yes. pretty cool. Very um, awesome. Yeah. So there's that happening. Uh, but I'd say I would pick as my like a single issue, like my grail um, would be my number one of uh, Dr. Strange from 1974. Um, I also have 169, um, but the uh, issue from 1974, uh, I got it graded. I got it pressed and graded. I did not expect it to come back any higher than like an 8.5 and it came back at a 9.2. So I have a 9.2 graded uh, Dr. Strange number one from 1974. Uh, it is very, very nice. Um, and, and, yeah. and that's, and that's volume two, like, like yeah. the second run. Yeah. That was the second volume because uh, volume one uh, was uh, about 15 issues. Um, and that ended with 183 in 19, uh, 1969. And yeah. then um, the first issue of volume two came out about five years later uh, because they had Dr. Strange doing some other stuff in the interim uh, during strange tales, because basically strange tales uh, kind of, you know, volume one went on for a very long time. Yeah. There was kind of like a gap for a little bit. And then actually after they released volume two, they, there was a short run with um, Doctor Strange, and he kind of he kind of finished out Strange Tales. He he had issues one eighty two through one eighty eight, and one eighty eight was the last issue of Volume One of Strange Tales. Yeah, in like nice. nineteen seventy six. So kind of went all over the place. So what we're saying is Jeremy has a lot of Doctor Strange books. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I do. I have many. I have uh, have two hundred and forty nine total issues of Doctor Strange. Jeez. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, Lance, I think you've got a, got something for us too. Yeah. So just really quickly, I do own a Dr. Strange 169, which is the first solo title series, because before that we're talking about strange tales and then they wanted to just give Dr. Strange his own title. And so they just went from 168, which was uh, strange tales, Dr. Strange, just to Dr. Strange. Uh, and that was in 1968. So first self-titled series. And then they also retold his origin in that episode. And I actually got this book uh, with store credit when I was working at that shop that I've mentioned before in Arizona. And it, I got it uh, for store credit because it it's damaged. It has water damage. It's not the, the nicest copy, but it, it presents pretty decent. So I'm very happy to own it. So we're going to talk about adaptations of Doctor Strange. There have been many, uh, but actually not as many as some other kind of key Marvel characters. But mostly we're going to focus on the movies of Doctor Strange and uh, maybe a few of the animated versions. Um, I, I, I think he pops up maybe in a few video games, but we're not really going to get into that too much right now. So the, I, I want to focus on the first appearance of Doctor Strange in a film was a made-for-TV movie called Doctor Strange, and it was played. He was played by Peter Hooten, and he was a psychiatrist instead of a neurosurgeon. And his villain that he faced against was Jessica Walters from Arrested Development fame, uh, played Morgan Le Fay. <laughs> just, oh my gosh! It's, uh, it, and it just came out on Blu-ray. Uh, I saw a thing on on io9 today i was like "Ooh, <laughs> this looks terrible <laughs> but um but it's actually like pretty comics accurate uh outfit and in addition to that there have been there was a movie that was attempted to be made in 1992 but they lost the rights and then it turned into something else uh which i'm not so there's there's like a couple of things that like happened along the way you know but it's probably good that it did not happen because it would have been like 
along the lines of, you know, the early Fantastic Four movie, the Roger Corman. And uh, we we all know how that turned out. So uh, but anyway, the first yeah. uh, the first MCU appearance uh, of Doctor Strange was, of course, the Doctor Strange movie uh, played by Benedict Cumberbatch, making uh, he made six appearances in various films, including two of his own movies, including Multiverse of Madness. So when this episode comes out, it will be out next week. So good timing. Uh, the first movie, which came out in 2016, called Doctor Strange, it made his debut. And the cast includes Tilda Swinton as the, a Celtic female version of the Ancient One, which got some got some weird press. You know, people were like, oh, why can't they show, you know, the whatever? And uh, anyway. <laughs> OK, I, I I implore any of you <laughs> who have any sort of hesitations or reluctance about Tilda Swinton's casting as the Ancient One. By the way, she did an amazing job. Um, she was great. Look at the original comics and you'll see why it would be problematic to try and find a accurate, yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. casting for that. Like it yeah. just leaned really heavily into like this sort of Orientalism, mysticism, yeah. like archetype. Um, mm-hmm. Like it would it would almost be too tropey. Right. Like and I think. Yeah. Why. But anyways, I yeah. had I had no trouble with that. And I think it was great what they did. And it was she's awesome. She's she's she plays creepy, weird, you know, 600 year old character perfectly. <laughs> she's got a yeah, she's got a striking look. You know, she's a very yeah. unique look like, you know, exactly. Yeah. Who Dilda Swinton is whenever she's in the movie. So anyway, was, I thought it was great her. casting. Tilda Swinton could have played any character in the MCU and I would have been happy. She really could. Yeah. She would have been, been a, made a great uh Baron Mordo, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, Benedict Wong as Wong, uh, another great sort of reinterpretation reinterpretation of the character. Like I love how aggressive he is and how hard he is on Strange and everything is awesome. Uh, Chibathel uh, Ijiofor as as Baron Mordo, um, Mads Mike- Michelson as Cassilius, and Rachel McAdams as Christine Palmer, who in the comics becomes Night Nurse and is another kind of fun character as well. Um, there's a bunch of other characters in there, but that's that's kind of like the main cast. Uh, before we talk about the Multiverse of Madness, but what was your all's take on the first Doctor Strange? Like, what kind of impact do you think it had? And like, I'm trying to think back a couple of years to when that came out and when we saw it and, you know, what, what we all thought about that. Uh, I love Doctor Strange. I, I knew very little about the character when the movie dropped and I was absolutely floored by the film. It's I think I have it ranked as like my number 12 or 13 out of all of the MCU films. So it, it made quite the impression on me. I loved the magic and the, just the overall change in tone that it had in the MCU. And I, it's probably one of the films that I have rewatched the most from the MCU. Yeah. I mean, I, again, wasn't into comics at the time, but Dr. Strange always sort of stood out to me as like an intriguing character because, you know, I've also I've always had a sort of uh, interest in uh, sort of mystical arcane sort of power sort of outside of the usual like I'm strong, I break things type of you know superpowers or I'm really fast. Right. Like there's a bit more nuance to the power of the Sorcerer Supreme, like using spells and that sort of thing. So I was always like, oh, yeah. that's interesting. Um, and then I saw the casting. I was like, oh this is going to be good. (laughs) Like, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch, I think at the time had already uh, picked up quite a bit of uh, popularity for Sherlock. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and uh, I think he was doing the Hobbit uh, at that point. Um, So like there was, his name was already sort of like mulling about for uh, a lot of good reasons. Um, And then I saw that and I was like, Oh man, that looks sick. Uh, And yeah, I mean, I I watched it just a couple weeks ago with my wife um, because uh, she's going to be coming to see uh, Multiverse of Madness. She's not as steeped in the MCU, and but I wanted to give her some context. And mm-hmm. you know, she comes into my room and sees all of my Doctor Strange comics hanging up, and she's like, "Who is this guy?" Um, so you know, some context for her, and it's just great. I mean, it's just a really yeah. great film. Um, so I, I loved it, and I think that it it, it set a different kind of tone uh, for MCU films, and was probably one of the strongest standalone movies uh, so far. Yeah, I think, I mean, because it introduced magic and cos or not cosmic, but uh, the magic side of the MCU, um, it had a big task, 
you know, and, and like, how do they do that and make it different? And, yeah. and they totally nailed it with just like the special effects really stand out. But just like Guardians took a character, took a series of characters that no one had any right caring about and just made it their own. I, I want to argue that Doctor Strange did the same thing for the solo character that if you weren't already familiar with comics and like we were super familiar with comics, you know, like Lance and I, you know, we knew about comics. We knew about Doctor Strange, but I never really read Doctor Strange. Like I didn't really know yeah. about it. So I was like, OK, I'll just see how this is. And it was like, this is really fun. Just like it's so weird and trippy. And I I, I realized that they were uh, creating great homages to the original source material, even though I briefly saw <laughs> the original source material. Yeah, at the yeah. Time. And it was just it was like, OK, this is cool. It's like it's it's really establishing himself. But but I think in his subsequent appearances in like uh, No Way Home and, and uh, you know, Infinity War or not Infinity War, but um, well, yeah, Infinity War and Endgame. I think he really started to nail the uh, especially in Infinity War, like his stuff with um, Tony Stark and, and just like how how kind of curt and to the point that strange is. And, and I, when I was reading through Jason Aaron's run, I was like, Oh yeah, this is kind of like how he is. He's just, he just doesn't mince words. He's not trying to sugarcoat anything. He's just like, I'm going to talk about stuff. And if you can't follow it, you're going to be left behind. You're like I'm be just, left behind. Just, just come with me. And, and that's how like Cumberbatch kind of played him. It's just like, I'm just going to do stuff and like, boom, let's go. And it's, it's weird. And uh, follow me like that scene with Thor like the little cut scene at the end of, I think it was. Yeah. So Dr. Strange ends with the end credit scene of Thor showing up, trying to find Odin. And then it's in Thor Ragnarok where Dr. Strange helps and leaves Loki falling for half an hour. It's a little scene where he shows up in Thor Ragnarok. It was, I think where I was like, yes, that's, that's yeah. Let me help you find your brother. And then you can leave my realm alone because Uh I just like jumping around where he's like, where he's like, what, what, what? And it's like his beer shows up and it keeps splashing around. I'm just like, this is this is super cool. This is fun. Really quick aside and, and, and keep me honest on this. Doctor Strange was the first mention of the multiverse also. Because the ancient one, you know, stri- like explicitly calls out the ex- existence of multiverses um, when she's kind of talking through, you know. The, how she yeah. connects to power, et cetera. So I, I don't know. Like I could be wrong, but I feel like it was the first like overt mention that like there was a mult there are mul- there was a multiverse in the first place. I think yeah, so. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I think when yeah. when when he when he's when she's talking about uh, the the different like there are many like before he goes on his like trippy mind bend like astral projection trip mm-hmm. uh, yeah I think that's what she she's like there are many yeah. there's many multiverses that you don't even you can't even comprehend and yeah yeah he's like, Whoa. <laughs> like yeah that, and, that, and she asks like, him that like line like where where is your place in these vast you know multiverses mr yeah, strange uh-huh. something like that and and i i thought they were going to use that line for the movie the new movie but yeah anyway. so two two animated versions real quick uh, of of dr strange one is from the Disney XD animated series, uh, he actually just makes appearances in some of these like Ultimate Spider-Man, Avengers Assemble, uh, Hulk and the Agents of Smash. Um, uh, and initially, Doctor Strange pops up here and there, initially voiced by Jack Coleman, but later by Liam O'Brien of, of Critical Role. And there's another Critical Role tie in. We've we've mentioned this a few times. This might be the first Critical, critical Role, role tie in for season two. I don't think we've done it in a while. Yeah. So so here we go. Liam O'Brien. Also, uh, the what if TV show heavily featured a Doctor Strange episode, which was surprisingly really dark. And Mm -hmm. I liked it a lot. And then, of course, he he came back in a big way in the uh, in the finale of season one of what if, um, which shows like this evil strange. And if, if he got sort of went the wrong way and kind of got corrupted and you know, and it's really interesting. And and we'll get into the Doctor Two, Doctor Strange Two uh, predictions in a minute. But I I want to say that the What If Evil version kind of ties in to that in a way, like which means we're gonna see a comics or a live action interpretation of an animated character from the MCU, like which is, is crazy. But all right, but I yeah, I really like the What If. Yeah, it seems interesting that that 
what if episode with Doctor Strange was probably only one of like two or three that I actually enjoyed. The other ones were okay. Like I wasn't blown away by what if, but Mm -hmm. the Doctor Strange episode was very good. Yeah. Yeah. Really like top notch and and like tragic, right? Like speaking of like a tragic story, you're just like, oh, my God. It's it's rough. It's a rough yeah. Story. It, it reminded me of like the old heavy metal movie, like just just how it's like yeah. all crazy, and then it's ends just kind of like what, like a Twilight Zone episode, but animated. Um, so let's that kind of brings us into like, uh, let's have your predictions for Doctor Strange two. Now we're we're all talking about this before the second movie has come out. There's a lot of speculation. There's you know a couple of cool trailers that have come out, but who do we think is like. What, what do you think is going to happen? Who do we think is going to be the like big villains in this? And um, I'm interested to hear what our predictions are for multiverse of madness. So um, I think that nightmare is going to be the prevalent antagonist. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And if you would like Nightmare's first appearance, I have some bad news for you. Um, because Jeremy owns is, all of them now. No, no, um, it, it's Doctor Strange's first appearance as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Nightmare's first appearance is actually in Strange Tales one ten as well, because that's actually his first um, little story in combat is against this creature Nightmare in in another realm. Um, his second appearance is actually like more like that's a lot a bit more fleshed out and they get a bit more about the character and, and I do have that one. Um but uh the yeah the first appearance happens to be very very expensive. Um uh, but yeah I think Nightmare will be a key player in this and you know honestly my my main bet for this film is very general and that's just like it's gonna blow the doors off. Like this thing is going to like open up a hundred different doors to a hundred different properties. Like it's just going to be crazy because Patrick Stewart's already confirmed he's in it as professor X, um, you know, kind of alluding to the Illuminati, but yeah, so he's already confirmed that. So like, I just, I think that's going to be one element of, of like a hundred different things. So I'm so, yeah. But yeah. Nightmare. There's, there's the guy. Illuminati. There's, there's, uh, you know, maybe, uh, the, the evil version of strange from, from what if, you know, there's, there's yeah. of course, Scarlet witch, you've got uh, America Chavez who punches her way into different universes. So, I mean, who knows what kind of stuff I, I would love. I mean, I think it'd be awesome if they show like they punch their way into an animated universe or something like, I mean, it's let's, well, let's go there. Let's get wild. If, if you, you know? look at the trailers close enough, you see at one point when they're falling through all of those shatters, there is an yeah. animated yeah, yeah. portion. And mm-hmm. then we also saw what looks like potentially the savage lands. Cause we get to see some dinosaurs. Uh-huh. So that could be yeah, interesting. Yeah. If we see some Conan, I'm going to lose my mind. If we see Conan, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think this is going to do as well commercially as many of the other. It's it's not an Infinity War kind of, you know, like uh, le- oh, a level I, event for it. I don't know. But... I don't know. I don't know if I agree. I, I, I think know. it's going to be big. I, and the reason here, let me let me just briefly say why. Yeah. Like, I think it's going to be big because like this is the movie that's going to like make the multiverse real. Right? Sure. And so yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, I, I think I just, I just don't think that 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 I think all of the Easter eggs and all of the hints and stuff like it's like laying the foundation for a lot of stuff that people that are really into it and that will get that kind of things are going to be like, ah, and everybody else can be like, like my wife's going to see it. And she's going to be like, who is that? Who's that? Who is this? <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's like, OK, yeah, <laughs> but it's it's going to be like the kids who didn't watch the original Spider-Man movie when Tobey <laughs> Maguire showed up on screen and like right. all the millennials lost their minds and yeah. they were like, Daddy, who's that? And it's like, oh, God, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what have I done? Yeah, exactly. Um, OK, I, I can see I can see your argument there. That's fair. That's fair. I think there's going to be enough word of mouth that this movie is going to be very big. And there's as far as expectations, I think we're getting going to get quite a few characters pop up even briefly that we've seen in other franchises. Cause obviously we had, we've already mentioned uh, Patrick Stewart's professor X is going to be in it. And I, th- I think we're going to get more characters like that 
throughout the film, which will be really fun for those of us that have seen all of those films. And maybe that's going to lead to people going and watching those other films so to, to really enjoy kind of what's happening. But I'm, I'm just really excited because not only are we getting the Illuminati, we're getting a multiverse version of the Illuminati, which right. kind of opens up the floodgates for a lot of things to happen. So yeah, it, this movie is going to be one of the most exciting movie going experiences of the year. And that's saying a lot considering the fact we've already had like the Batman this year and a lot of other fun things and coming off of uh, no way home home. in December. So yeah, we're, we're sitting, we're sitting pretty real pretty right now as comic book fans. I tell you what I would like to see is I I would love to see them introduce, um, some some version if it's not mephisto or or who's the other don't, demon don't even say mephisto you're just gonna get everyone but seriously i would love to see like i would love to have at the end have a thanos you know smiling moment of like of that of kathan or mephisto just being like yes you know like uh something that sort of hints that like there's this bigger darker like something at the end uh i mean i i would love to see sharon carter captain england you know like from from what if be on the illuminati like that that's that's a rumor that's out there um uh little hints of of fantastic four because we know that's coming you know so like maybe a version of reed richards um would be cool uh i don't know it like there's there's so many things that could happen so it's it's uh, it's gonna be interesting. I'm yeah. also just looking forward to Baron Mordo having a, a little bit more of a, a villainous arc. I agree that Nightmare is gonna be like the main one, but but Mordo, he's such a good actor. Jim yeah, I I, I wanted, you know, and that's probably the only thing from the first movie that, and I understand what they were doing. Like I think narratively it still made sense, but I was a bit bummed that Mordo didn't really have a chance to, you know. Like he he didn't become the villain in that film, Um, you know, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, so the other thing about this is Sam Raimi is directing and he has besides Spider-Man, like he's known for his sort of horror movie take of stuff like Evil Dead and things, but in a silly kind of over the top way, which is perfect for this. So it's going to be neat to see like a horror sort of take um, on on MCU characters and everything like that especially with wanda because she's she can be terrifying (laughs) yeah she that's gonna be fun to watch and then i'm also looking forward to seeing what bruce campbell cameo we get right (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly all right well we've talked about what we're expecting to see in multiverse of madness so let's dive into a few other fun concepts let's go to what each issue we do what nerds do best, we share our fever dream concepts for the comics that we love. This episode, we wanted to talk about what non-Marvel comic character would you like to see become the Sorcerer Supreme? Now, Chris, you want to go first? Yeah, I can go first with this. My original my original pick was Willow from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And, nice. But I decided not to go with that because it's not, you know, she's not originally a comic book character. But I still think Willow would be a really interesting choice um just given her arc but anyway i decided to go with zatanna from uh from dc comics because i just think having that sort of classically trained magician um and having such a rich family history uh with zatara and like you know justice league dark and justice league and everything and and seeing her in a cape uh, but she already wears a cape kind of sometimes and but in the magician outfit with with just like and and saying all of her spells, which she kind of does anyway, but they're all backwards. But then like <laughs> doing doing her mystical incantations, I just think it would be super fun. And um, having her basically face off against uh, her father, uh, you know, Z- Zatara, who's Doctor Fate, but he becomes dark, and then she be- she has to become the Sorcerer Supreme uh, to to gain the extra power to defeat an evil Doctor Fate. That would be my story. Love it. That's a good choice. How about you, Jeremy? 
Um, yeah, so I picked John Constantine for this. Um, you know, kind of similar vein as, as Chris's answer, but oh my gosh, like imagine the chaos uh, of John Constantine as Sorcerer Supreme. Like there have been a lot of very uh, passionate uh, threads of Doctor Strange versus John Constantine as it is. Uh, and from what I've read, the uh, the universal response is basically um, Doctor Strange wins it uh, spontaneously and Constantine with more than four days wins it. Um, so <laughs> basically, if you if you give Constantine if you give Constantine time to prep, like he'll win. Right. But right otherwise, right. Dr. Strange in terms of like brute strength and magical ability would win, you know, and sort of like a toe to toe. And I think I would agree. Cause I mean, Constantine's, you know, whole shtick is his ability to kind of beguile outwit outsmart, you know, demons, devils, overlords, like all that stuff. And the just literal his, devil, the literal devil, or, like or, just sheer audacity. Constantine would, Constantine would like make some sort of a deal and just be like, all right, I'm going to take this guy out, but it's going to cost me my. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my yeah. Soul. Yeah. Another, another century in hell, right? Like you just add it to the yeah. tab. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, I, it would be really interesting to see him as the source. Supreme. Good one. Um, It'd be a yeah. red trench coat with a high collar. <laughs> Absolutely. He would look <laughs> slick. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That would be what you got Lance. Just craziness uh so i we, we might be going three for three with dc on this one but i yeah. i tr wanted to find something outside of it and so i was kind of looking all over the place and in manga i was like ooh, maybe piccolo would be pretty fun because he does use magic <laughs> at times and he has fuse with kami so there, there's definitely some magic there but i i couldn't pass up the opportunity to choose raven from dc mm -hmm. like not only the fact that Without being a Sorcerer Supreme, she is holding off her demon father from basically coming into the DC universe and destroying it. But she has to deal with so much heartbreak and just so much like darkness and evil surrounding her. But she still makes it through. I think she would make a fantastic Sorcerer Supreme. And she would totally fit into that world where you kind of are in the underbelly and dealings and workings with demons, devils and just playing both sides a lot of the time. So I, I would just love to see Raven fulfill that role because I think she would crush it. Uh, I Okay. I, I got another one for you. Hellboy. Yeah. I oh my knew, gosh. I knew yeah, you were sure. going to pick Hellboy. Hellboy. <laughs> Hellboy, <laughs> Hellboy is Chris is like a uh, red herring from. Uh, my go -to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, red it's, it's always, the answer is always Hellboy, but, it's but Hellboy. think about it. Like Hellboy's into the occult. He's into, he's into that. I mean, not so much magic, but he does do magic mm -hmm. in a lot of his like mystical artifacts. Like he does. He has a lot of little things that he wears. But so I just see like, you know, the cloak of levitation kind of finding him. So it's like red on red. And like he just becomes. Uh, yeah, I think I think that would. Be, and he just he's very reluctant. But like, yeah, like, oh, I got to do this. Uh, OK, OK. <laughs> That's my whole thought is he would be absolutely reluctant. And I could just see a panel of him trying to run away from the cloak of levitation. Just not wanting it to be on him. He just like tried to go yeah. away, like swinging the sword at it to keep it away. The ancient one's like, this is your destiny. You have to fit. Nope, nope, nope. It's just like, Screw I, this. I'm I, have, it. I have enough destinies. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. All right. That's that'd be fun. Oh, Dr. Strange. Good times. Can't Such wait for the movie. Character. One of my Can't faves. Wait. I'm so excited. And good luck on your comics completion hunt yes I mean, maybe the next I, time we have you on we're gonna have to see we're gonna have to say uh have a doctor strange comics watch update yeah I, I i need to do a proper count i think it's less than 20 jeez um, oh jeez for strange tales to be done and wow. then i just need <laughs> all of defenders <laughs> um <laughs> i'll need defenders and i think uh, some other crossovers i'm actually um uh, hoping to pick up uh, Amazing Spider-Man Annual Number Two, which was Doctor Strange's first meeting of Spider-Man. Mm. Um, so I am currently working with a couple people on a potential acquisition for that. A little side note to that: I, when I was reading the history, is uh, the the first time they met, and he helps him. He Spider-Man helps Doctor Strange dealing with some sort of threat, and because of that, Spider-Man says, "Hey, can you erase their memory?" And it's actually like, I was like, what? <laughs> That's yeah. right from them. It's like, yeah. and, he, and he does, he erases the memory that they, 
of the, he so he they forget that he's a hero yep. that saves him but he like asked him to do the spell and I was like oh my gosh and that's like back in the 60s and yeah and like wow they that that's they, they pulled that deep right man from... they dug deep they got those his, archivists and historians on on site you know consultants ready to go it's so. it was good it was good read some doctor strange comics that's it that's your prescription the doctor has prescribed it <laughs> so it's time to close the book on Doctor Strange. So until next time, this is Chris and Lance and Jeremy reminding you to keep your friends close, but your comic books closer. Closer.